0: Eating healthy usually seems really hard. You probably struggle with emotional eating, cravings, or maybe it seems like healthy food doesn't even taste good. Or it's just plain complicated. Last week, we began our foundation series by talking about how you should eat. And today is the what what to put on your plate, and ultimately what goes in your mouth. And instead of giving you a complicated list of do's and don'ts, I'm just gonna tell you the two foods that should always be on your plate. Easy peasy. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Strong Mamas podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life, and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. I am back this week with my co-host and husband, Extraordinaire Scott. Hey everybody. And we are super excited about today's episode because we are talking about what exactly should be going on your plate and ultimately in your mouth, because usually what ends up on your plate ends up in your mouth. Hopefully. (laughs) Now, I know that eating healthy can feel really, really hard. You're probably struggling with things like emotional eating, right? Which is where we... (laughs) Self-soothe and turn to food for comfort. Probably We're probably not self-soothing with vegetables.
1: I mean, why would you say this? Has it been a tough year around here for anybody?
0: (laughs) Not chaotic at all, whatsoever. So emotional eating is a big struggle. And then I think having a hard time saying no to foods that are really, really delicious. Like you crave them. might not be an emotional thing. You just want certain foods, right? And then... Often, healthy food doesn't necessarily taste as great. <laughs> I'll just say this. Truth. It. Truth. It, it, you know, a pan of roasted broccoli does not taste as great as like a burger and fries.
1: It doesn't taste as great as cardboard. Roasted broccoli is the worst.
0: Uh, I love roasted broccoli, actually. Anyway. Anyway. So, I mean, often like healthy food, it just doesn't necessarily taste that great, especially when your palate is accustomed to processed and artificially high-flavored foods. Sometimes that transition to eating healthy can be really challenging. And then to be quite honest, eating healthy can feel really hard because it seems like it's so complicated. Who has time to follow a diet that has 20 rules A long list of off-limit foods, maybe specific meal times, portion sizes, counting up your numbers, all that stuff.
1: Ain't nobody got time for that.
0: Nope. So in this series, I just want to bring it all back to the foundations of what makes up a good healthy diet we're starting at square one and working up from there which is kind of like my habit stacking approach something i really teach in jumpstart 30 and also teach in the strong mama's coaching program you kind of begin with the most basic and easiest eating habit to implement and then once you've got that down you stack another simple habit on top and then you stack the next habit on top most other eating programs or protocols diets whatever they don't do this They just kind of expect you to follow all the rules from day one, which is why you end up feeling like eating healthy is really, really hard. But we are here to help show you that it's not hard. Okay? this kind of all reminds me of one of my clients that went on vacation last summer. She and I had a great conversation about this. Um, I've been teaching her good, healthy eating habits, like what you're going to be learning about right now. And she felt really great, really confident with it. Well, she went on a weekend vacation with her sister's family and her sister brought along a cooler packed full of little containers with like pre-made salmon patties and veggies because she was in the middle of a specific diet. And while the rest of the family was enjoying meals cooked together and my client was being mindful and aware and easily making good choices in this situation... Her sister was a neurotic mess. She couldn't eat anything on that trip except what she had brought, which was all of this like carefully measured out and portioned out food. So there was no freedom. There was no enjoyment. And it was super complicated.
1: That does not sound like a fun vacation to me.
0: No. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people experience trips like that where they're like, shoot, I started my diet and we have this vacation plan. So I either have to cancel my diet and try it another time or I have to try to make it work while we're on vacation. And it's miserable. But my client came back and she told me all about this and said, thank you so much for showing me that eating healthy doesn't have to look like that. I ate what you taught me, and I felt great, and I know I can keep eating like this for years. And I asked her a couple weeks later if her sister was still doing that diet, and she said nope. <laughs> she totally fell off the wagon not long after that trip.
1: <laughs> All that for nothing.
0: It, it didn't surprise me. It was She was trying to do something so hard in a really challenging environment. It just wasn't going to hold up. Okay, so... Last week, we started this series by talking about how you should be eating. Everyone wants to jump straight to the what, you know, the, yeah, you should be eating salmon and vegetables in a tiny little container, (laughs) but we started with the how, the speed at which you eat, your mannerisms while you eat, what you're thinking while you eat, and if you're not parking on that, and you're not learning how to eat, the what doesn't really matter. And the how of eating, Scott, do you remember what we talked about last week? What was the first thing that we mentioned?
1: Be like my buddy Matt. Yep. Eat as slow as possible.
0: Super slow. Take like 15 to 20 minutes to eat a meal. And then the second piece was what? What else?
1: Being mindful of what you're eating.
0: Mm-hmm. Just kind of being aware of how food makes you feel. So now that you've got that down, hopefully, hopefully you practice that over this last week, let's get a little more help with the what. This is going to be incredibly simple, okay? And in fact, you might doubt that this will even work for you because it seems too simple. But trust me on this, okay? You trust me?
1: I trust you.
0: <laughs> So here's the thing. This is what I want you to just focus on. And if you know me well enough by now, you know, this is kind of like Megan's mantra. Whenever you eat, eat your pros.
1: And if you've known Megan long enough, that will resonate in your head when you're picking out your meals. I know from experience.
0: (laughs) That will, that will travel with you to the grave. Like you will never forget eating your pros. So what is eating pros? It's Every time you eat, you have protein and you have produce. Simple. Very simple. So, if it's breakfast, if it's a snack, a lunch, or a dinner, whatever meal it is, choose a protein and then some sort of produce. So, let's break it down and learn why we need to be focusing so much on the pros and why this part really matters. So, produce to begin with. What's produce, Scott?
1: Fruits and veggies.
0: I think we understand. I mean, like fruits and veggies, like we, we know it's good for us, right? The benefits of eating fruits and veggies are plenty. I think we've had it drilled into us since fourth grade that we need to be eating our fruits and vegetables.
1: Yeah, but I think the hard part about that is because we had that drilled into us so early, it felt like a burden as a child. Mm -hmm. Like make sure to eat your vegetables, finish your vegetables, always the last thing sitting on your plate while mom and dad are saying it's time to finish dinner and you've still got
0: the vegetables sitting there. Well, and I think we sometimes as adults still have that attitude. We're like, I don't like vegetables. I don't want to eat them. (laughs) But I think for myself, I really, my, my, the tune in my head changed when I learned why. When I was educated about why produce is so good for you. And here's why. Okay, so higher vitamin and mineral intake come from fruits and vegetables. And what that does, it prevents malnutrition and certain deficiencies. That honestly, it truly makes you feel awful and like you're not functioning at your very best when you have these high amounts of vitamins and minerals. Also, fruits and veggies contain something called phytonutrients, kind of a big word, but phytonutrients, these help reduce the risk of many types of cancers, diabetes, and heart disease. Fruits and vegetables also have more antioxidants. I'm sure we've heard of antioxidants before. And these reduce free radical damage. And I know that's kind of this confusing concept. Down
1: with the free radicals. Down
0: with the free... Yeah, so damage from free radicals in your body can lead to a number of bad health issues like cancer, okay? So think of antioxidants. Like picture, you know, the old game like Pac-Man, right? So antioxidants are like... Pac-Men that are munching through your cells, finding these free radicals and getting rid of them. <laughs> Come on, you totally I'm have a visual picturing right now I'm
1: just pac going through my blood vessels, just chewing yeah, things up.
0: Totally. Those are your antioxidants. And the more Pac-Men you got, the better. And that comes from fruits and vegetables. Vegetables also help to balance out your dietary acids. The fiber found in produce also improves blood sugar control. It reduces your appetite and increases your digestive health. So all things that are really good for your digestive system. Something worth noting is that getting nutrients from whole veggies and fruits is so much better for you than supplemental forms. When you eat your nutrients from whole foods, like a real fruit, a real vegetable... Your body gets the full package with all of its benefits. This is not the case with supplements. So don't try to just rely on a multivitamin or like a greens supplement for your nutrients. Because I know a lot of us are like, I don't need to eat fruits and vegetables. I'll just take a multivitamin (laughs) or I'll drink a green supplement. Like that's great to cover any gaps, but it doesn't it doesn't work in your body the same way as actually eating the real thing. So. That's kind of a really quick overview of why fruits and vegetables, why produce in general is so, so good for your body. So important. So what are the recommendations? What should that look like? Now we know... How healthy they are for you here are the daily produce recommendations that i suggest most adults should build up to eating 8 to 12 servings of produce every day and i know that sounds like a lot when you consider like maybe at breakfast you had one orange (laughs) and i know many days i'll go through the day where i'll be like i think i had like one vegetable today Alone on that and hopefully that makes you feel a little bit better as a listener knowing that I don't always eat 8 to 12 servings of produce every day but that's a really good goal of what's going to help your body work at its absolute best so this is going to equal about two servings of produce at just about every meal. So if you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and maybe one snack during the day, if you try to have two different servings of produce at those meals, you're going to get pretty close. So what would a serving be? Scott, do you have an idea? Because sometimes that gets a little fuzzy.
1: Oh, it's always fuzzy. You talk about your hands a lot and filling (laughs) your hands with food to measure it. I know like your fist for protein and a couple handfuls
0: for produce. Close. All right. You're close. Yeah. Your food is a really helpful. Gu- your, your hand is a very helpful guide. Yes. So one serving of produce is just like one medium sized fruit. So like an apple is one serving. A banana is one serving.
1: A handful of berries.
0: Yes, a handful of berries. And then if you take your hand and bunch it up into a fist, okay, so take your own hand and create a fist. This is about one serving of something that's cut up. Okay, so if you cut up like peppers, or often for breakfast, I'll have like asparagus and mushrooms and onions in my veggie scramble. And I try to get as much as maybe one fist, maybe a little bit more than a fist.
1: Well, your fist is smaller than my fist.
0: Exactly. That's why it's personal to you. It's relative to your body size. You need a little bit more nutrients than my body needs. You're a larger person. So that's why using your hand as your guide is really, really helpful.
1: I'm just going to let that larger person roll off my back.
0: (laughs) You're a man. (laughs) also leafy vegetables okay so when it comes to like leafy greens like a salad one large handful so if you were to like open up a bag or a container of leafy greens reaching in and grabbing with your hand that's one serving so it's doable to get two servings of produce at each meal if you have about one fist-sized amount of chopped up veggies and maybe one orange there's two. Okay. Or maybe on a salad, you have one handful of leafy greens and maybe half a fist of tomatoes and cucumbers, and then about half of an apple. See how it kind of like, it? it's all really, <laughs> it, it's all little fractions, <laughs> but that gets you pretty close. Okay. So also one thing to note is that if you are interested in fat loss, (laughs) if you're interested in changing your body composition, could be really helpful for you to eat a lot more vegetables than fruit. So maybe more like a five to one ratio. And sometimes I suggest to some people, it's like, hey, maybe just one fruit a day, maybe two at the max. So while fruit is great, like there's absolutely nothing wrong with fruit, If you are more in a progress mode, like you want to lose some body fat, it's helpful for the majority of your produce to be coming from vegetables.
1: And we also realize that everybody is in a different spot in their progress. And for some of you, there might not be hardly any produce in your diet. So start with whatever you like and picking a few veggies that you like. Because again, we go back to that... You grew up and you were forced to eat veggies and a lot of time there are veggies that you didn't like. Oh yeah. So identifying a few that you really enjoy can be helpful. Like for me, I love peppers and cucumbers and tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And so I cycle those throughout my day all the time to make yeah. sure I'm getting something and I don't feel like I'm having to work that hard because they're actually things I enjoy.
0: Yeah, honestly, it might be really helpful to sit down with just like a pen and paper and just try to make a list of all the vegetables that you do enjoy. Um, Usually starting with something like a tomato, like cherry tomato, cucumber, maybe baby carrots, and then just starting to create a little bit longer list. Even if you only have one thing on that list, maybe it's only carrots. That is okay. That's something to work with, because then you can say, okay, this is the only vegetable I like. I just need to make sure I'm always having this vegetable every day. And then see if you can start to expound, expand your horizons and start to make that list a little bit longer as your palate gets more adventurous. And then as you get more adventurous, a good goal is to really eat a variety. Because, okay, let's say you're only ever eating carrots as your vegetable. Carrots are really high in certain nutrients, but they're not gonna be high in other nutrients, okay? So you it, it's really important to eat a variety of fruits and vegetables, that way you're covering your bases.
1: And I think an easy way to do this is when you go shopping and you go to the produce section, mm-hmm. look at what's on the end caps, because yeah. that's always changing. That's normally the cheapest stuff to that's get, yeah. because it's normally the in-season Mm -hmm. fruit or vegetable and so now not only are you getting fresher things you're also getting variety and saving money it's a win-win-win
0: win-win-win one thing I I really highly recommend is aiming for at least once every day even if you have to disguise it in a smoothie (laughs) is trying to get one serving of leafy greens something like romaine or spinach or kale it's amazing how many nutrients leafy greens pack. They they really are so densely packed full of good nutrients for your body. So, many times for pregnant moms that I coach that really have a hard time stomaching vegetables of any kind, I'm like, "Hey, it's okay if you can't get, you know, veggies at every meal. It's not a big deal. Try to eat fruit as much as you can, but let's see if we can somehow disguise just a handful of spinach or a handful of kale in a fruit smoothie just so you're getting those nutrients every day
1: and what i also like to eat are the chopped bagged salads
0: yes and
1: the reason i like them is I don't really like cabbage and I don't really like kale, but there's a lot of those chopped salads that Mm -hmm. chop some cabbage and some kale in there. And then you've got something like romaine or something else that I like a little bit more. And so it kind of disguises it and you're getting a variety of leafy greens, all kind of chopped up and you can kind of convince yourself you're only eating the stuff that you like.
0: Yeah. One question I get asked a lot is I hate eating vegetables for breakfast and that is okay. It's really okay if you cannot stomach vegetables at breakfast. If you'd rather have more of like a sweet tasting food at breakfast, like yogurt with berry, with with berries and nuts and honey, like that's totally fine. But what might be helpful for you to just make sure that you're n- not missing out on nutrients is being aware that, okay, that was one entire meal that I did not have any vegetables. So for the remainder of the day, I need to just make a, a big effort to eat a little bit more vegetables than I might normally. So I'm gonna make that effort to have a salad for lunch. For that afternoon snack, it's gonna be, you know, celery sticks and carrots and hummus. For dinner, we're gonna have a big salad with dinner, maybe some roasted vegetables. So don't feel bad if you can't stomach vegetables at every meal, it's not a big deal. You can just go back in later throughout the day And try to make up for that misnutrients in other ways, okay? So that kind of covers the first aspect of eating pros. So what is the first piece of pros, Scott?
1: Produce.
0: Produce. So anything from the produce section, fruits and vegetables. Okay. The second half is what?
1: Protein. Yes. This is my favorite one.
0: Oh, yeah. So the other half of the pro equation is protein. Protein is a requirement for nearly every single metabolic process and structure in your body. Did you realize that? It's kind of crazy. It pretty much runs your body. Our bodies can make some amino acids, and amino acids, these are the individual structures that kind of clump together to make up a protein. Our bodies can make some of these, but there are several amino acids that we actually have to eat. We need to get them from our diet. And without these essential amino acids, our bodies would simply cease to function, like literally stop functioning. That's scary. Yeah. Now, higher levels of protein. So there's kind of like this minimal amount where our body just like stays alive. But then on the other end of the spectrum, the more protein you consume... It promotes like feelings of fullness, like that satiety feeling. It promotes really good, healthy body composition. You're going to be more likely to have more muscle mass and less fat mass, the more protein you eat. And it also helps with a really healthy immune system. A lot of us are very interested in that these days, just with the chaos going on with COVID. Like we want to make sure our immune system is operating at its absolute best. So when it comes to the quality of proteins, animal proteins are the highest quality. So if it comes from an animal, it's going to have all of the amino acids in it. We can get some protein from plant-based sources, obviously, we know that now, but protein that comes from an animal, it's gonna have every single one of those essential amino acids that our body can't make on its own. But if you're only eating plant proteins, you're gonna have to pick and choose from a variety of sources to get all the amino acids that you need. There are some plant sources of protein that have all nine essential amino acids. I think quinoa is one of them. Um, But not all plant-based proteins have all the amino acids. If it comes from an animal, though, it does. So unlike carbohydrates and fats, if you are deficient in protein, you cannot make it from another source. (laughs) Your body is simply going to pull the protein it needs from your muscle. And it's going to use it to help run the essential organs of your body. Which is not good news if you want a body that is strong and thriving and healthy and energetic, you do not want your body to be pulling protein from other sources inside your body. You want to make sure that you are feeding it enough protein. So that's the why of the protein. It's really, really, really important. So what are the recommendations then? Here is what you need to be shooting for when eating protein. Aim for eating one serving of protein with every meal and snack. So with the produce side, we were trying to aim for two servings of produce with every meal or snack. With your meal, with protein, we're aiming for one serving. So one serving is one palm-sized amount for women. So if you were to take your hand Kind of hold it out flat. It's like the diameter of your hand and like the thickness. So that's that's the right portion for women. Like you can kind of match that up with like a beef patty or a salmon patty or like a piece of chicken. So um, if you're not sure, because maybe it's in a different form than that and it doesn't match up with your hand, um, a good number to hit for is anywhere between 20 to 40 grams of protein it's about one serving, okay?
1: Okay, what about for men? I know we got some guy listeners out there.
0: Double that. You double it. And I know many men usually eat the same amount as their wives. And honestly, men have more muscle mass and they need to be eating more protein to keep it working and keeping it keeping your body functioning at its best. So women need a lot of protein and men need a lot of protein too. So here's the thing. A good goal is to try and hit one gram of protein per day for every pound that you weigh. And this might sound like a lot. So It sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot. So if you're like 150 pounds, that's 150 grams of protein. And I know you're probably thinking like, holy cow, that's so much. And the question I get asked a lot on this one is, you know, what if I'm overweight? (laughs) Like, do I eat the amount of protein for how much I weigh now? So if you know that you're overweight and that sounds like a lot of protein, aim for one gram per pound that you would weigh at your goal weight. That probably is going to be more than what you're eating now anyway and gets you into a realm of your body's thriving. It's not just surviving on a tiny amount of protein intake. So I had to laugh because I, so I get magazines, you know, like Better Homes and Gardens and Country Living, you know, like the ladies' magazines. (laughs) I usually read them in the evenings while you're watching basketball. Um, But I was reading an article in Better Homes and Gardens, and it was hyping up protein for women, which was great. It's like, hey, yay, you need to make sure that you're eating lots of protein, But I kind of laughed at the protein recommendation. It said to eat 50 grams of protein per day. I was like, hold up. Wait, what? I mean, that's barely enough to keep your body alive and functioning, let alone have all of those major functions working in your body, working at their absolute best. (laughs) It's like, great. We have this like majorly syndicated magazine just telling us this like bare minimum amount. (sighs) oh well (laughs) but here's the thing if you're an active woman that wants to be healthy strong and feeling like you're fully thriving you need at least twice that like well over 100 grams of protein per day and i know the objection is usually but won't that cause me to eat too much and end up gaining weight that seems like a lot of food and I know usually I get that question when when I say, hey, you need to be eating about one gram of protein per every pound that you weigh. But yeah, it would probably cause you to gain more weight if you were just eating an unhealthy diet. You change nothing else about your diet and you started just eating a ton more protein. <laughs> right. But if you switch up The way that you're eating and turn to eating pros first you know a lot of that produce first before anything else lots of vegetables fruits and then the protein you'll end up feeling full and satisfied and your body will be fully thriving and in in turn you're not going to be over consuming too much energy which is what causes you to get overweight does that make sense scott i think so yeah
1: Eat protein and produce first and then see if you're still hungry for the mm-hmm. other stuff.
0: So what are some of the best protein options for us? What I would love for you to choose from is lean protein. Okay. So lean animal sources or basically sources protein that do not have a significant amount of fat with it. So like lean cuts of beef, like sirloin, um, Lots of beef cuts, too. You can see the fat on it, and you can easily trim it off. It's not that hard. Sirloin's great because it's naturally lean, but other cuts. What do we normally get? You usually pick out our meat.
1: I like a New York. It's got a little bit more fat in it, but it's still not like a ribeye. Right.
0: Ribeyes are for special occasions. <laughs> yes, and they are delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, I mean, even things like white turkey meat, um chicken breasts sometimes even chicken thighs you can cut off a lot of like trim off a lot of the fat and they're pretty lean actually and taste better (laughs) i
1: was gonna say and i think that's an important thing that was a switch that we made a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. where instead of barbecuing up some chicken breast we did chicken thighs and for me, they are just so much better tasting. Yeah, without a huge trade off in the fat department.
0: Absolutely, because a lot of the thigh meat is fairly fairly lean, but because a lot of the fat on it is excess, and you can easily trim it off. Especially if you get like boneless, um, skinless thighs, they're great um pork loin is another really great it's really lean meat Uh, even pork chops pretty lean Um, eggs are great too and then of course fish the fat that you get in fish is actually a type of fat that's very good for your body um and honestly even the fat in like beef and eggs and chicken, like that fat is not bad for your body. The problem is that if you eat a lot of animal sources, you might be over consuming that type of fat. We'll talk a little bit more about fat later, but um, don't be afraid of fat. It's just that it's going to be better for you when you're eating so much protein to be choosing lean sources of protein and then some dairy options are good too like plain non-fat greek yogurt or even cottage cheese um scott's scrunching his face you hate that i love cottage cheese
1: i do i'll eat greek yogurt all day but keep that curdled cheese away from me
0: (laughs) it's amazing because like one cup of cottage cheese has like almost 30 grams of protein in it. Like it's pretty impressive.
1: That's another thing you can hide in smoothies though. Yes. I don't like cottage cheese, but if I hide it in a smoothie, I can get my protein in there and Mm -hmm. not have to actually deal with the cottage cheese.
0: I actually have started mixing in cottage cheese with my eggs at breakfast. So I'll do, I'll either do three whole eggs or I will do two whole eggs with like a big scoop of cottage cheese. And it kind of makes it a little bit cheesier, a little creamier, and it doesn't, it, it gets rid of the cottage cheese taste. And then if you're a vegetarian, this can kind of be tricky because we just mentioned a bunch of animal sources of protein. But what if you don't eat animals? The best thing for you is to aim for at least half a cup of beans or or other type of legume with every meal. So things like quinoa, peas, and soybeans, these are all really great plant protein sources so I usually recommend um, if you're more of a plant-based eater like every week make yourself a big pot of different types of be- like lentils beans quinoa peas and just kind of keep that pot in the fridge and at every meal just give yourself a scoop of that and that's going to help make sure that even as a vegetarian that you're getting plenty of protein and then the important thing is that you're avoiding overly processed protein sources so some burgers can be very processed things like salami and pepperoni sticks and sausages i mean a lot of these types of protein sources tend to be really high in sodium high in fat maybe a lot of preservatives um a good question is like what about canned tuna canned salmon canned chicken some of them are actually really great sources of protein i had canned chicken at lunch today because they pack it just in water. There's barely any processing. There's very few ingredients. It's a really great protein source when you're on the go and you don't have a lot of time to cook protein. So lots of great protein options for you. So those are kind of the two big things that should be on your plate and end up going in your mouth at every eating opportunity, okay? Whether you're at home or on the road or at a restaurant, look for the pros. Look for the produce, the protein. Always eat those ingredients first before you eat anything else, okay? I think it's really important that we try not to make nutritious eating complicated, kind of like what we were mentioning at the beginning, Like healthy eatings can sometimes feel so complicated, but when you boil it down to just focusing on pros, you know, trying to master pros with every meal, you're going to do fine. You're going to be great, okay? So the next time you have that big leafy green salad with a bunch of chicken on it, you can be confident knowing that it's going to work for your body. So just eat your pros, okay? So big takeaways so far, with creating strong food foundations in this series. What's our first big takeaway? What have we learned so far?
1: Paying attention to how you eat.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're eating slowly and mindfully, fully aware of how what you're eating is going to feel in your body. And then secondly, what we learned today?
1: Paying attention to what we eat. Eat your pros.
0: Eat your pros. Just making sure that first and foremost, you're eating your pros with every meal. It's awesome. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We are going to take a look at what comes next. Just kind of a super fast overview of carbs and fats and beverages and processed foods and even supplements. Oh man, all the details you are curious about, but these things aren't as important okay, as eating slowly and mindfully and eating pros. At the end of the day, I want you to not feel stuck and burdened anymore with complicated diets and constantly thinking that you couldn't possibly eat healthy enough. It's too hard. I want you to know that you can do this, okay? It is possible to make just a couple simple switches that really make a difference for how you feel, all right? So until next week, we'll talk to you later.